Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Modern Goonies Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor King Miner, hanging out with my badass co-host, Michael Ross. It's your motherfucking boy. All right, I like it. All right, so welcome to Season 1, Episode 5, and today's topic is black holes. And I guess we're going to tack on gravitational lensing at the end of that? Is that what it... I mean, we, we could... We could talk about it at some point. Okay, it yeah, doesn't necessarily have to be at the end. Okay, I gotcha. I know Michael wanted to include that, and uh, I'm way out of my element here. Uh, once again, all the super sciencey stuff, Michael knows way more than I do because he's got fucking master's degree in physics over there. That's not yet. Did not. We're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to premature that one. Okay, so yeah, I've got, I've got some notes, uh, so we can just like hop right into it. So the only real like research I did for this one was I was just kind of looking at a lot of the Kyrgyzstan videos. And then, like, I also, I really like that PBS Space Time guy. Like, he talked, he's, like, super bland Australian guy. He's just, like, and when he goes into the block holes. And it's, like, just such a not radio voice to listen to this guy fucking talk. Uh, but he explains stuff, like, pretty well sometimes. Sometimes. Um, so that's, uh, oh, do you know who I'm talking about? No. Oh, okay. Um, I was just remarking at your use of sometimes. Sometimes. Well, yeah, well, because, like, sometimes he'll, like, be talking about shit. And it's just, like, and... Like he's doing it super blonde and and he just starts going into like this crazy like he starts like simple and then goes into like crazy fucking detail and i'm like this is way i just wanted to watch a video about like a black hole and now i'm learning about like the way that light travels at 45 degree angles and weird fucking shit i'm like okay it's like this is too much um so what did you do to prepare what are some things you'd like to talk about because i have i have some things listed out but you go right ahead because this is this is your element okay so one of the coolest things or one of the coolest facts about black holes that I think is very interesting is that they are the most, or they can extract the most energy out of an object, like out of anything in the universe. Like really? Nothing that we have comes close to the amount of energy that a black hole can take from something. Oh, you mean like, okay, just it, like taking it from something. So well, it, does, it doesn't have like the most energy, it just eats it. Well, okay, <clears throat> I guess to effectively explain this, if we had, say, a pound of cell phones or some shit. A pound of cell phones, all yeah, right, there we go. first thing I saw. One pound of cell phones. <laughs> if we had a pound of cell phones and we used our pound of cell phones to... Uh, power a nuclear fission reactor. All right. Then, assuming that this was uh, as good as uranium-238, uh, 0.05% of the mass of our pound of cell phones would actually be converted into usable energy. Okay. A black hole would be able to take 5.7% of all of the mass. Mm, a pound of black hole? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, like, it would be able to turn 5.7% of the mass mm. of our pound of nuclear cell phones okay. and turn that into energy. This is a fucking dangerous lab that we have right now. That is 114 times greater energy production that a black hole could do. Oh. I mean, quote-unquote production. It's turning things into energy in the form of heat isn't really useful next to a black hole. I mean, at least not that I can think of because... Yeah. It's a fucking black hole. Yeah. Well, I did. I was reading this one thing of like how uh, you could basically, you know, because you know what a Dyson sphere is, right? The thing that goes around a... 
a sun, stars yeah like and, like yeah, to yeah. harness its energy it's a super theoretical thing but you could do it but apparently if you put one of those but like just a bunch of giant mirrors around a black hole and every now and then like you opened it up and shot like energy into it it would like produce a like a shitload of energy like basically it'd be like this infinite source of energy if you could like harness it it's, it's, it's like crazy nuts that's cool yeah um yeah so I, one thing that i didn't know about uh black holes is so like i guess the way that like fusion happens like within a star because you know more about this because you, you know a lot about like neutron stars right i know a good amount okay yeah so like and i don't know i don't know jack shit about them so like i'll kind of skip over that aspect of it but i guess like when like you know there's a lot of like nuclear fission fusion i don't know the difference whatever fusion is when atoms combine fission is when atoms split okay so one of those and then uh, within within fusion. a okay within a star and then so so elements uh apparently like they it, it like turns into like iron in the center because it just gets like so dense and so hot like the thing that they like start turn like morphing into is like iron in the dead center of a star so the reason behind that is when you fuse nuclei the most like iron is the first element that it takes more energy to fuse than you get out of it when it splits mm, okay so uh everything up to iron you still gain energy when you fuse mm. but the star doesn't have enough energy to fuse anything past iron because it wouldn't get as much energy out of the fusion as it put in yeah you see i didn't know that and i thought that was crazy i didn't realize that like at the center of a star after like a long time is fucking iron basically and then so the way i understand it is that the uh what is it like like the the Usually stars are kind of in balance between like radiation and gravity. Pressure and gravity. Pressure and gravity? Okay. I, I, okay. Um, and then at like a certain point, uh, I guess like what, what is it? The, the pressure kind of outweighs the gravity or is it the other way around? The gravity, I, I can't remember. If gravity wins, the star collapses. Okay that's, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. So eventually like it's gravity within just gets like so fucking dense. It just implodes on itself, completely collapses. And then boom, you either have like, I, I think that's where it can turn into a neutron star and then and or a black hole. Yeah just kind of depending so like what's the what's like the deciding factor of like it's going to become a neutron star or not nah, this is a fucking trap door now the mass of the star the mass of the star yeah so okay. fantastic i'm glad you mentioned this because i actually uh i wrote some stuff on this so <clears throat> this is going to tie into the iron thing that you were just talking about so not all stars are capable of fusing iron like that takes a lot of energy and did you to do that you need to have, or the star needs to have a high mass. And that's why, I mean, to my knowledge, there are no, there aren't a lot of white dwarves with iron in them mm -hmm. because a white dwarf is a remnant of a smaller mass star, which typically uh, only has enough energy to fuse like up to, I want to say either carbon or oxygen. <clears throat> so once you get to about... I mean, these are very rough numbers, but if a star is roughly 35 or up to 35 times the mass of the sun, between 10 and a half and 35 times the mass of the sun, then it will probably turn into a neutron star okay. based on what we know about physics. Uh, there's a little bit of uncertainty there, but to turn into a black hole, uh, the range estimate is between 50 and 150 solar masses. Mm -hmm. for the black hole or the progenitor star's mass, which is the star that creates the white dwarf neutron star or black hole. Okay. So what? So what's the difference between a neutron star and a white dwarf? 
So a white dwarf is basically just the core of the star exposed. Mm. A neutron star is also the core of the star, but it's a lot more massive because uh, the core, like at this point, there would be, like it would be an iron-ish core. It would have iron in it. And then it would eventually get hot enough to where that iron just disassociates into atoms, neutrons, protons, electrons. <clears throat> okay. I don't believe white dwarves get that hot. All right, makes sense. So when a star does implode on itself and becomes a black hole, is that pretty much always going to generate in a supernova? Like for it, when it collapses, is that what essentially a supernova is? is... Yeah, a supernova is when the outer layers of a star, like, yeah, so the star collapses. Mm -hmm. And then the outer layers of the star are just ejected. Like when a star dies, it runs out of fuel. It's almost immediate. Like star runs out of fuel, a shock wave goes into the star and then immediately ripples back outwards, almost at the speed of light. Shit. Okay. So then, yeah. And like, that's like, isn't that like the craziest, like celestial thing that we can see? Like it's isn't basically just like a gigantic fucking explosion in space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's insane. I can't even like wrap my head around the amount of power that would have because at, at the point when stars like collapse, they're, they're like red giants, right? Or usually, and so they're yeah. way more massive than our fucking sun. And then they explode. Yeah. Goddamn. That's so fucking nuts. There are red giants and red giants typically go into white dwarves or turn into white dwarves. And then there are red super giants and then blue super giants. And those are the hottest and largest stars. Mm. And that's where you get your black holes and neutron stars. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to get too into the weeds on the stars because I yeah. know that's that's like a topic that we'll have uh, later on the line in the seasons. So I guess we'll uh, we'll go ahead and hop over to more of the black hole side. So all right. So boom, star <laughs> collapses. You got a black hole. Yep. And me just trying to like wrap my head around how fucking weird these things are i can't even accurately describe it because uh you know when you're watching this kyrgyzstan videos the uh you know that they, they say that space is kind of like a stage that is kind of like a waterbed like you know the more mass something has the more it like kind of dips down and then you just see like the representation of a black hole and they say it's like having a fucking trap door in a stage and you just see like how much like space time like <laughs> sinks down because of how fucking dense this thing is yeah um I thought it was funny because they, they were trying to they were trying to describe um, something and they're like, all right, now say you say you're cleaning your room and you just got like a bunch of pile of socks, um, like just in a pile. Like at eventually at a certain point, like there's so many socks, you can't get any more into your room. It's so compact. So then you throw one more in and it's just so dense in the center. Your fucking room collapses into a black hole. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's these things. These things are just fucking weird. So um let, let's see. So one of the one of one of the things that I didn't know about them. So um, some of them spin. Actually, like I would say, like almost all of them spin, don't they? Because usually when we're like doing a black hole <laughs> in math, we think of it in terms of like the eternal black hole where it like it, it doesn't move. It's kind of been there and always been there. And like that's what works the best, like mathematically. But in actuality, they're spinning. Yeah, because yeah. What, what is it? Because uh, a singularity of just like a regular black hole would kind of just be like a, like a point like somewhere in space but uh since since they are rotating like you can't have an actual like a rotating point in space so what the singularity actually is 
And so you could probably describe, we should maybe describe what a singularity is more than anything else. So you, you, okay. you could probably describe that better than I could. So you can think of the singularity as a point, but I think of it just as an infinitely small sphere so that it's yeah. three-dimensional. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's like a, it's a very, very dense area in space where a shit ton of mass is concentrated. Yeah. So basically, when, when we're seeing a black hole, what we're actually seeing is the event horizon. So we're, we're seeing where the light can no longer, where the light is basically like being sucked in, it's being warped like around it, as in, you know, the picture that we've, uh, that came out like what, two years ago now or something like the that? The Event Horizon Telescope. Yeah. Picture. And which was amazing because that was the first like confirmed picture of a black hole, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, yeah. We so, always, yeah, we always knew they were there. We could see them in math and like we kind of, we could see like the, how things interacted in space and we could tell it was there, but that was the first like photographic evidence of a black hole. Yeah. So, uh, I would like to go back to the spinning black holes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So that is caused just by conservation of angular momentum. So when things spin, they have angular momentum and typically things in space spin because there's not really a lot in space that can prevent them from spinning. Like there isn't a whole lot of friction out there. Right. There's some like photons can cause friction, but not enough to meaningfully stop angular momentum on a scale that we can see. <clears throat> yeah. So if a star collapses, it's like a star typically spins. Yeah. And if, if a star collapses, then it's whatever it spawns is also going to spin. That's actually why neutron stars spin so fast. Yeah. And that's why black holes spin because of angular momentum conservation. Yeah. Makes sense. And, um, yeah. So going on what I was saying, like the, so what we, when we look at a black hole and we see that the way that light bends, like that's the event horizon, but what we're actually talking about is kind of like the all encompassing, like, aren't we really, when we're talking about a black hole, aren't we really actually talking about the singularity of it? In my mind, when I think of black hole, I think of, Event horizon, mm -hmm. accretion disk, the, the art, do you know what, for the people who don't know what an accretion disk is, it's, uh, it's a ring of very hot material around a black hole. Mm. It's the things that you think of like, a. <clears throat> just look up picture of black hole and you'll probably see like something that looks like orange fire around a black circle. Yeah. The orange fire like stuff is the accretion disk. Yeah. So when I think of black hole, I think of accretion disk, dark event horizon, and then at the center of it, the infinite or near infinite mass. Yeah. Effectively infinite. Yeah. And that would be the singularity, kind of like the point where everything is like so dense that like if you if you pass an event horizon, you're going to that fucking singularity like you're, you're heading straight for it. Yeah. And um, so one of the things that I so I had always viewed singularities is that just kind of like like you said, like an infinite point. Um, but I didn't realize that like I mentioned a minute ago, that most of the time when we're talking about, about a black hole, it's kind of like in, in its most perfect base form. Like we're not really talking about one, like in actual, like in nature, and most of them are spinning. So what they think that that singularity looks like is uh, more like a ringularity. So it's kind of like an infinitely dense, like circle, and it's fucking weird. It, that blew my mind. I was like, yeah, that's, that, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, I've heard of that, and that is... That's actually something I don't quite understand. Yeah. Like, when I heard it, I think I just accepted it. 
and then yeah. forgot it. Well, that's the thing about black holes is that once you kind of pass the, the event horizon, like our laws of physics are pretty fucky inside. Like, because um, Kyrgyzstan was basically saying that like once you once you cross that threshold, like actual time travel would theoretically be possible within that space before you hit the singularity. <laughs> so that's why they're saying like it's probably a good thing that nothing can escape a black hole because everything is just probably so fucked inside that we don't really have any good idea. Um, so here, so here, this was something else that I, I had always kind of like knew. So th this kind of ties more into the, the, uh, interstellar part. So, you know, like if you, so the theory of like relativity, I'm assuming, so like you get near a, like an infinitely, or you get near a black hole, time is going to move differently. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you sorry, just sorry. It. Um, so if you get near a black hole, time moves differently. So, uh, what is it? It's, uh normal for you but for everyone else like it's like so much fucking time has passed like as you get closer to it so i didn't know the actual um term for that and so like usually so in reference to a spinning black hole um what it's basically doing so like when we usually think of a black hole we think of kind of like a it's literally just like falling in a fucking hole basically like like just essentially but when we think of a spinning black hole time around it is kind of it's like a space drain so it's like a whirlpool in space, basically. Yeah. And so that little area, um, as like the area that's like kind of spinning before you cross into the event horizon is what's known as an ergosphere. And that is where like, if you kind of like get sucked in and you were just like whirling around a little bit and then you pop back out, like so much time would have passed, it would have been fucking nuts. Like, so that's where like the, like the kind of the concept of interstellar is kind of like within that like ergosphere. Like, right, hey, we're getting near, near it. We're like rotating and like you shoot out of it and who knows how much time has passed. And it's just absolutely crazy. So like that, if you wanted to do like time travel, you just get near a black hole and then pop out and you're in the future. Like, yeah. I guess an important thing to note about that is obviously you can't go into the past. Like when you think of time travel, travel no, 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 you no, think no. of forwards and backwards. This is just... No, just forwards. Yeah. Any amount of mass causes um, time dilation. Mm. And I mean, that's, that's what Interstellar does. Yeah. Like uh, the main character, I think his name is Matt or whatever the fuck. Steve. I, don't, I don't remember what his name is. It's just Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, so. yeah. Whatever his character's name is, he says this little maneuver cost us like 84 years. That's talking about relativity and how the people that are on Earth are not close enough to the black hole to experience time dilation, but also moving very quickly causes time dilation. So uh, moving at the speed of light causes so much time dilation that no time passes while you're moving. Yeah. Um, and then the people say, we're on the third floor of this apartment complex. Okay. The people on the first floor experience slower time than we do. That's crazy. I'm sure it's yeah. like like a it's, fraction of a second, yeah, but it's, yeah. It's next to nothing, but yeah. We are dying faster, <laughs> ever so slightly faster than the people 20 feet below us. Damn. And uh these relativistic relativistic effects are observed most near a black hole and when traveling very close to the speed of light or a considerable amount or a excuse me, a considerable fraction of the speed of light. Yeah. So like say 10%, 20% of the speed of light, you'll start to see stuff like that. Yeah, that's mm, that's just insane. Well, yeah, I can even like wrap my head around 
how that even works. Like it, it just doesn't, it, none of that makes any sense to me. But one of the things that I thought was cool, so they were, they were mentioning that if you were like, say you were in a spaceship and you were just watching a guy fly into a black hole and they would all of a sudden, like to you, you're moving fucking quick. Like you're like, you're going fall, like head ass into this black hole. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, you're going, you're going rapid speed into this thing. But like the people in the spaceship watching you are like watching you just basically like inch in slow motion. Like you're just going in slow motion and you're like, fuck. And then eventually you completely freeze in time compared to the guy that, so like the guy that's watching you, like he thinks that you are just completely frozen in time. You're just there for an extremely long time. You turn red and then it looks like you fade out of ex ex of existence, but it takes a long time. So it's like, I don't even know how long that would be like years, months or whatever that you're just, it just looks like, Hey, Michael just froze. Like it's like a fucking glitch <laughs> in the matrix. Yeah. And I guess you've already said this, but that's just because, I mean, at that point you've crossed the event horizon and no other information about where you're at could be seen by anybody. Yeah, no, it, it's literally once you cross the threshold, it, there is the point of no return. Uh, they described it really well in um, imagine you're swimming in a river and at the end of the river, there's a waterfall. So for the most part, you can swim in this river and be fine. But at a certain point, you're going to hit a point in the river where it's going so fast that you're going to go over that fucking edge. And that's kind of like what it's like as you get near a black hole. Is that like it? Yeah. Once it, and then once you once you cross that, you're, you're falling off. You're going to that singularity and you're going to fucking die. So something else that's really cool about it is so when you um, approach it and you go in, the way that a black hole is kind of like sucking in and bending light as you're going into it, you would literally see the back of your own head because light travels around like I think so unbelievably quick around the black hole that you're you're literally seeing like a reflection of yourself as you're going in. So like how nuts would that be? Like you get near it and then you just see yourself like ahead of you as you're falling into this fucking thing. That would be crazy. Yeah, they, they said it's like the craziest funhouse mirror you'd ever experience. Um, yeah, that's, that's insane. Um, oh, do you have something? Well, that is, I mean, that's kind of a good segue into gravitational lensing, actually. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. So I don't know what the fuck this is. So what is gravitational lensing in just as layman terms as you can possibly describe to me? Gravity bends light. Oh, okay. All right. Layman's terms. Gravity bends light. All right. So then go ahead. So light travel. Sorry. <clears throat> I guess I was facing downwards when I said that, but light travels through space. And if light encounters a massive object, then if the object has enough mass, the path that light takes will bend around that object. And the implications of that are you can see an object, like you can see light from something that is directly behind our sun, for example. Like okay. you have to figure out how to filter out the sun and to see the thing around it. Mm -hmm. But that would let, like, to give you another example, just let's pretend our planet was incredibly massive. Mm-hmm. With gravitational lensing, we could see behind the planet if we were looking at one side of it. Like, we could see part of the opposite side. Really? Yeah. Okay. That kind of hurts my brain to just think about. And that's just because of how the light travels through space-time. Like, space-time would be so curved that the path the light would take would be around 
and then towards us. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, the only thing that's coming into my mind is my fourth grade self. Like, hey, look, I'd, like if you hold your hand a certain far out, look, I can see through my fucking hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but imagine being able to see behind your hand. Like, yeah. you could see, uh, like you could watch yourself pinch your skin. That's fucking, just by looking at your palm. Jesus Christ, that's fucking weird. Gravitational lensing makes it look like <clears throat> an object is not where you think it is. Okay. So now this is this might be a doozy. I don't I'm not really sure. But imagine let's pretend that there is an object that is directly behind the sun. Okay. So the way the light bends around the sun when we see the light from this object, mm -hmm. it appears as though it's, say, I don't know, 600 feet to the right of the sun. Okay. It looks from, like it's 600 feet to the right of the sun, but it's actually behind it. Yes. Okay. So that creates like a false perception that has to be accounted for in math. So it's like this space-time equivalent of objects and mirror are closer than they appear, or further than they appear, technically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could you could think of it like that. There we go. That's how I, that's how I choose to think of it because I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> uh, this reminds me. It's not the same thing because this has to deal with like how fast light travels. But when you're saying this, it, it reminds me a lot of. Um, so like you know, if you're a certain million light years away, or say you're fifty, you're fifty light years away, and you look down at the Earth and you had like a massive telescope, you can see everything that was going on and you can see 50 light years away, you would see the 1970s. Like you'd, yeah. see, you'd see Nixon in office, you'd see like all this crazy shit. And so like to them, to people who are 50 light years away, like it looks like, ah, like look at these fucking primitive ass monkeys. Like they're in the 70s. Like they don't know what anything is. They don't have the internet. They can't look at memes. I mean, I guess we still don't know what anything is if we're saying the 70s yeah. is... No, no, if you're born in the 70s, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Hi, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mom. Damn, yeah, no, and I always thought that was, like, crazy. So, basically, and um, I know we, we might have talked about this a little bit on the, you know, as far as, like, the frontier of space, like, the final border of space, but um, most of what we look at in the sky is, uh, has been gone for a very long time. Like it's either past the point of no return where we can never see it again at a certain point or those stars are dead. Like they're not there anymore or those planets have fucking blown up. Like they, they are <laughs> completely gone. They're like millions. Like we're seeing what they looked like millions of years ago. Yeah. And that blows my fucking mind. I think it's crazy. But once you, I mean, that feeling never really goes away. You just, you accept it. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's one of those things that I just forget about, like, all the time. Like, when I'm looking at the stars, I'm like, oh, stars are pretty. But then I'm, like, sitting there thinking about it. It's like, if there was any life out there, it is fucking gone and dead. <laughs> and all those planets and stars are fucked. We're all fucked. We're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Same shit. <clears throat> Same shit. Damn. Now, uh, there's another thing that I would like to mention. All right. And it's something specific to a black hole. Okay. So I'll just start with an overarching concept. Orbits. Okay. So orbits are either circular or elliptical or oval shaped. Uh -huh. For those of you who don't know what an ellipse is, it's, it's an oval. So uh, some math says that there's, I mean, you can have either a stable elliptical orbit or a stable oval shaped orbit. 
or you can have a stable circular orbit. And if you plot the potential energy or the like potential energy from orbit of certain objects, then on some of their graphs, there's a point where you can see the closest circular orbit that's stable to the object. Okay. So, uh, I mean, that just means the closest that I can be and have a stable circular orbit. All right. So the only object in the universe that is inside its closest stable orbit is a, sorry, closest circular stable orbit is a black hole. Okay. So this is where you get into things that are mathematically possible, but not physically possible. Okay. Like stars have innermost stable circular orbits, which is what it's actually called, ISCO. But that is inside the star, but outside of the core. Okay. So nothing is going to orbit inside of a star. It would vaporize. It would melt. Right. It would become the part of the star. Yeah. A black hole is completely inside of its innermost stable circular orbit because like all of its mass is concentrated at the very center of it. Right. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Like the yeah. black hole is the only object in the universe that has that property. Well, yeah, that's, that is weird. Um, that reminds me a lot of, so have you looked into the information paradox at all? Basically, so the, the way that they were describing this was, all right, so you have, you have a piece of paper, it has something written on it, and like just in regular everyday physics, you burn that piece of paper, and it's now ash. Now, all of the information of when it was the piece of paper is still within the ash. So theoretically, if you could figure out every single, like the way the molecules were arranged and everything that's going on, you could put that piece of paper back together. And any, any, like, anything that has information to it, you can see what it was before. Theoretically, you could go back. Okay, but I a, have heard that. But a black hole, when it sucks something into it, it makes everything the same. So it, um, yeah, it kind of like crushes, condenses particles or whatever. And so basically they say if you were to take every single singularity and just look at it, they would all be identical to one another, like technically speaking, because there's really, there's no difference. So what, so a problem is, is that um, one of the fundamental laws of physics is that like, what is it? Information can't be created or destroyed or... Energy. Well, yeah, so energy, but there's also something that involves like information. It's basically that you cannot destroy something's information. Okay. But a black hole does, or the way that we view them, it seems like that's exactly what happens, is it completely destroys the information that was within a particle or any kind of mass that passes through it. Um, which is like pretty crazy because like, you know, our math works really well in describing the universe, but when it comes to black holes, it, it seems like black holes just kind of like fuck things up a little bit. Or as far as our current understanding is, black holes seem to like fuck a lot of things. Yeah. And uh, that's one of them. So they, they had some, um, they had some answers to, to the, to the information paradox. And I'm too stupid to like completely understand what those are, but basically, um, um, I think it was going back to like the socks analogy. It's like, you know, you, you keep throwing socks in, it becomes like a black hole, but technically like, you know, you could still keep throwing more in, but like the room now has to get bigger to accommodate for everything that goes in it. 
And I think they say they, they can tell things do kind of like fluctuate when things do pass into a black hole, even though technically it can't take anything more in because it's already as dense as it could possibly fucking be. It imploded on itself. Um, so one of the one of the weirdest ones that I saw that kind of like solves this is that when you pass through it, like all of the information that it takes in is encoded within the black hole, kind of like a computer. They said the equivalent would be like, it, like taking a 3D thing and then encoding it to our computer screen here. Now it's two dimensional, but it still has all of the 3D information and or like a book. So it has, you have all the information of a book and you just take it and you put it into a Kindle, which has like much more space for all of the information within the book, but it's still technically a book. Yeah. So they say, if we were to look at something, we were to look at like a black hole, say, say, you, say Michael Ross passes into a black hole. Okay. And um, from my perspective, you look like you've been imprinted on like a 2D screen. All of your information is in there, but you look fucked on my side. <laughs> But on your side, everything is still normal to you. You're still a 3D person. Everything looks normal. If you look outside the black hole, everything's fine. But all of your information is like encoded. So they they considered it almost like a like a quote unquote holographic universe or holographic black holes or something like that, where it's kind of like it works like a fucking giant computer. It takes yeah, it like breaks all the information down, but it's in there. You just can never access it again. That or you know some people think that when you pass through a black hole, it might, you might be in another universe um, on the other side, or since we have no fucking idea what happens inside and things get like super fucky. Um, and then there was the concept, and you and I have talked a little bit about this, but white holes. Mm -hmm. um, so then, then there was that concept is that like maybe on the other end of a black hole is a white hole where it's constantly spewing things out. But the difference between a black hole and a white hole is that, you know, a black hole, nothing can get out of the event horizon. So the white hole, nothing could ever everything is constantly being like ejected through it and you could never go, you know, through that point of where things are being ejected. And so they, they say that that is kind of similar to like some of the ways that they've described it to what a big bang is because the, that was, that was another thing. It's like, Oh, for a white hole to exist, it has to be like infinitely far back in time. It's like, okay, well that's kind of what the concept of a black hole is. And every, you know, everything did just super expand and come out and you could never go back through the big bang. Yeah. So some people theorize that, okay, maybe if a white hole does exist, it's on the opposite side of a black hole, and it does. Each one has to create its own, like, little offshoot universe. See, this, I think this is where the fun is. Yes. Or, like, the fun ideas are, because this is something that science can't touch. No. And that's where your mind can just run wild. Basically, yeah. No, I, yeah, I always think, like, the super theoretical stuff is fun, because, like, because technically, like a, like, a white hole was literally just that like it was just like a fun equation that does technically like solve it but is nothing we could ever possibly fucking test there could be a million other answers but it was like a cool it was like a cool thing that uh it was like a nerd's way of having fun with math and uh that's kind of like how they came up with the concept i don't want to shoehorn this in but i just don't know how to like i can't segue into this so the largest known black hole it's called Ton 618. Ton 618. I mean, I, T O N 618, but I'm going to call it Ton. Ton, all right. Uh, so it's 66 billion solar masses. And that is actually more massive than the previously known largest black hole, Sagittarius A, mm -hmm. at 61 million or 61 billion solar masses. And, and, is, and what is a solar mass exactly? <laughs> It's exactly what it is, the mass of the sun. So it's, oh, okay. it's like it's 
66 billion suns. Jesus fucking Christ. And how do we know this thing is there? Like, can we like just see a gigantic black space in space? We can. So there are some equations that let you know how much mass is in an area based on how the light interacts with that area. Mm. And then in addition to that, you have to account for how far away the thing is. Like, uh, I mean, that's called redshift if we've ever talked about that. I can't remember. I feel like I've heard of that concept in general, but I don't think you and I have discussed it. So the light received from this, this area that the black hole is in would be redshifted because it's very far away and mm. it has to go through expanded space. And as light goes through expansion, or as space expands, the light inside that space loses energy. Mm. So it tends to, if it were visible light, it would go more towards the red end of the spectrum, which oh, is why okay. it's called red shifting. Okay. <clears throat> so after you take into account the red shift and like a few other things, you can figure out like how much mass that light is being affected by. That's, I mean, I still just can't wrap my head around how fucking big, would you say 66 billion solar masses? Yes. That is, that is unfucking godly. Well, let me tell you something else that's unfucking godly. All right. This, this black hole is more massive than all stars in the Milky Way combined. Uh, uh yeah. How does that even, I guess that what, that would just kind of be the byproduct of like, several supermassive black holes combining with one another at some point, like intersecting, like galaxies crashing, crashing into each other that had black holes at the center and they just kind of all consume each other. Potentially, but this is a very early black hole. So if I'm not mistaken, that doesn't really fit in with stellar evolution. Like this is something that still needs to be studied. Like it's there. We need to figure out why. Okay. So we actually don't have a concrete answer of why the fuck that thing's so big. Yeah. So fucking, it's a rip in space time. <laughs> it very well could be. Who knows? You go through that, you just die. It's so big that uh, people are considering creating a new class of black hole just for this thing. Good God like, damn. There are stellar mass black holes, which are black holes that have masses comparable to stars. Say between like one, the mass of one sun versus the mass of 150 suns. Like those are stellar mass black holes. Then there are supermassive black holes, which are found at the center of galaxies. They're the yeah. really big ones. But this thing, if accepted by the scientific community, uh, the new category would be ultra-massive black hole. Fucking Christ. Sci-fi at its finest. But... And even crazier, the event horizon, the point at which no light can return from this place, is 390 billion kilometers in diameter. That is 1,300 astronomical units or 40 times the distance between the, nep- between the sun and Neptune. Oh, my God. It is enormous. I mean, I, I cannot even describe how large this thing is. That's just horrifying to think about, just this gigantic <laughs> black void in space that eats everything. We're going to talk about, okay, I mean, it doesn't eat everything, but we're going to talk about the Eridana supervoid oh, yeah, eventually. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's actually, so I, I said something right there. I said, you know, eats everything, um, which is actually kind of like a, a bit of a misconception with people who understand black holes. So black holes don't just like, you know, suck everything into it. Like that's what a lot of people think. So actually what you could do is, is you could take um, 
our sun and replace it with a black hole. That's, the, let's say, roughly the same mass and whatnot. Replace it with a black hole, and everything would still orbit it like normal. Like, it's not going to suck shit into it. Yeah. It just has a point of no return. Kind of like, you know, you can, like, be, you can go around the Earth, but the second you kind of get within its gravity, you're getting sucked into the Earth. So it's like... Um, yeah, everything would be normal other than the fact that, you know, that there would no longer be a sun and you'd all fucking freeze to death. But yeah, other than that, everything's normal. So yeah, it, it's a bit of a misconception that it just goes around eating things. But, um, yeah, essentially once you get in and then like, that's the fucking hilarious thing is the, uh, the potential spaghettification. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah. So if you get sucked into a black hole, Michael Ross, um, what is it like your, your feet are like traveling faster than the top of your head so like you're get, you're basically getting like stretched out through space time and yeah. yeah like uh you get torn apart yeah you get completely well you see like that that's why that's what i think is like funny like i don't i don't picture it like well i do picture it like you know you getting like fucking strung out like a piece of taffy but i just imagine what happens is, is you get close enough and your legs just get ripped the fuck <laughs> up from your body yeah i mean i guess i mean i can't just say that at your hips eventually at some point like, I don't want to say selects, but gravity selects your hips to be the point where it's like, okay, this motherfucker, we're going to increase the gravity here. Like, <laughs> you know, no, like it would be progressive and it would likely start from your feet and then move up. But, uh, when you're falling into a large black hole versus falling into a small black hole. Oh, okay. So this is where like, the memory is kind of hazy, but I think it's safer to fall into a large black hole. It is. Like, at the end of the day, you're going to fucking die. Yeah. But I think if you fall into a small black hole, you basically just get vaporized. I mean, okay. Yeah. Assuming you survive the vaporization, uh, you're going to be torn apart really quickly. Yeah. But basically. The, uh, and that's just because the event horizon is small. You don't, so you're, you're much closer to the fucking... Singularity. Singularity, yeah. And so, because of that, the uh, forces of gravity are much uh, much more pronounced on your body. Yeah. So, like, a square inch difference, say, I don't even know how to describe this, but you would die faster in a small black hole. Yes. Yeah, you would. In a big black hole, you have a large event horizon. For example, the one that I just mentioned, ton 618. Mm-hmm. 390 billion kilometers. That's a long time to be traveling in the darkness. Yeah. I mean, shit, it wouldn't be dark for you, but I feel like I'm just going around here. Well, these things are confusing as shit. (coughs) They literally break the laws of physics. Anyway, if you want to see what's inside a black hole, go to a large black hole. And super jump massive. In it. Super massive. Yes. Yeah. Super massive black hole. That's what I want. Yeah, because like that, then you could actually like kind of see things. You that's where you would experience like the weird time shit and stuff like not making any sense. But if you fell into like a small black hole, you would pretty much just be dead instantly. I mean, yeah, you're gonna die because that's the other thing is that like um once you kind of like cross the event horizon, no matter which direction, even if you try to move in the direction of where the event horizon is to like pop back out, no matter what direction you move, it only pulls you closer to the singularity. Yes, all paths lead to one point. Or one location in the black yeah. hole. It's like jumping off a cliff. Like you're going to the ground. Like you fucking you could try to fly, but you're hitting the fucking ground. Imagine jumping up and then moving down. Yeah, that would suck. Once again, yeah, thing that just makes no sense. Um, so one of the things so while I was doing this, that um Kyrgyzstan had a video on like mini black holes, and they had this like little section that made me laugh pretty good. 
And so they're like, all right, so what if like a mini black hole was to pop up on Earth just like suddenly, and it was only about the size of a coin, like a nickel. And they were like, and so um, they were like, would you be dead? And they're like, well, yes, but it depends. <laughs> and so, um, so basically, all right, so you have, you have one, um, two different scenarios. You have one that's like the size and weight of a coin. So it only has like the mass of a coin and it's a black hole. And then you have one that's the size of a, a coin, but the mass of like a regular black hole. <laughs> so say, say Michael and I are standing in a room and a coin, a coin sized black hole that also has the weight of just a regular coin pops into existence. So basically um, what happens is, is because, and this was something we didn't talk about, but um, black holes radiate away their energy um, in the form of what we call Hawking radiation. So after a significantly long amount of time, a black hole does fade out of existence, but it takes trillions of years for them to lose not even 1% of their, of their mass, of their total mass. So like they'll be there for eons essentially. So nonetheless, so mini black hole size and weight of a coin pops into this room with you and me. And uh, so basically what happens is, is that it, it, it fades out in less than a second. Like it, it, like it pretty much immediately like dissipates like because of the way the Hawking radiation is and it's so small and it just it immediately like phases out. But it releases so much energy that it's like what several times the power of the Hiroshima bomb. So, <laughs> so if one was just to pop into this room, it would be there for not even one second and then we would all fucking die. <laughs> God. Um, I guess not everyone, but like, you know, Dallas would be level. <laughs> and so there's that. All right. So then in the other scenario, it's like, all right, so now a coin pops, a coin sized black hole pops into existence and it's the weight of a regular black hole. Everyone's dead. Like everyone fucking dies immediately. So um, basically what happens is that the earth itself starts to orbit the coin sized black hole that's like within the earth. <laughs> That's like, so imagine everything just starting to orbit this room. And um, so it immediately, so it like kind of, it devours the earth as it does it. So it kind of just gets like smaller and smaller and like is fucking destroying it. And so earth is nothing but a hot plasma, like accretion disc around this coin sized black hole. And uh, that's it. That, that's what happens. Hell yeah. Quite the fucking difference. One is species ending. One is not. Yeah. One is just levels of city. <laughs> So, I mean, that one, that one sucks because that would be like, for whatever reason, I don't know, your coin just collapses into a black hole. <laughs> the poor dialysis center next door, huh? Uh, yeah, fucking, well, I feel like there'd be a lot more problems than just people yeah. not getting dialysis next door. Oh, man, people are going to find out where I live. We're going to be assassinated. <laughs> I live in California. I live in Montana. We're together in the same we room. Are, we are to I realized that that would not work. It works. Now you're just, you're visiting. Fucking, yeah. So I thought, I thought that was hilarious. Um, and honestly, I mean, yeah, that's most of my notes on black holes. So you, I mean, you have any more facts? I know you got, you have several notes over there. So I've said all the coolest things that I can think about. Steal the show, Michael. Steal it. Let's talk about Interstellar. Oh, shit. You're right. That's a good, that's a good ending point. All right. So Michael and I are going to watch the Interstellar scene of Matthew McConaughey yeeting himself into a black hole. Um, and then we will get right back to you and we'll, um, kind of talk about that and uh, we'll go from there. That was pretty nuts because I mean, I know when they, when they did that movie, um, they consulted with like astrophysicists a lot. And so 
you know, they had pretty much not predicted, but they knew exactly what like a what what an actual black hole would look like. So that looks identical to that picture that basically popped up years later of what an actual black hole would look like. So it, it was just so cool to see that uh, seven years before it ever came into um, existence because like our math is so good. And yeah, and, yeah like that was really awesome to see. Cause I, I mean, that, I mean, it was a be- beautiful movie. Like that's, that's beautiful. Um, so that the, the scene where you're looking at the black hole from the outside and there. Like they're talking about how they need to escape by using all the thrusters and shit. <clears throat> like when you take a look at the black hole, the uh, the part of the accretion disk that's on top of the black hole mm-hmm. that sort of looks like a halo. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's possible that that is actually behind the black hole. Oh, okay. Like I'm thinking the accretion disk is just a ring around the black hole. But space-time around it is so warped that you can see what's directly behind the black hole as above it. And that would make sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, So one of the things that they did, so I'm going to assume this is probably like a spinning black hole, because one of the things that they're doing there, um, like the kind of the section of space-time that they're in, and and the scene I'm talking about specifically is where they kind of like launch themselves away from the black hole to, you know, gain speed. And like, I guess I'm assuming they go back to earth. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. That's where essentially where they're trying to go. They're trying to get to where they're trying to go and they use the black hole to launch off. And um, so essentially the portion of space time that they're in right there would be the ergosphere because they're kind of in like, they're in the drain part. And so there actually is um, kind of like a theoretical science thing for it. And it's called like Penrose something, something involving Penrose. And, um, it is the concept that you could use the ergosphere around a black hole to launch in and essentially get to different sections of the universe that you need to go or use it. Yeah, basically, it, you use it as a, like a large thruster. So that was, that's an actual concept, like a scientific, theoretical concept. <laughs> and um, I think they portrayed it pretty accurately and pretty good because when they were talking about that on like the PBS Space Time, I was kind of thinking of something similar, and then I had forgotten they actually did that in Interstellar. Um, so that's really cool to see. It's like a, the movie is really good to watch. It, it just is kind of like to see all the stuff that like we will never be able to see with our own eyes. Like they predicted, not predicted, but they um, describe it pretty accurately in the movie. That like that concept is just like I don't want to reduce it because it's incredible, but that is a an extreme version of I think what happened with Voyager. Like the Voyager satellite went around the sun to gain energy. Oh yeah. And now it's like out of the solar system. The Penrose process. Maybe that might be it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't remember the exact thing, but yeah, it was like energy can be extracted from a rotating black hole. Oh, there we yeah. go. Okay, yeah. So yeah, pen, the Penrose process. That's that's essentially like you're watching like a cinematic description of Penrose uh, process. So yeah, I thought that was really cool because I, I had forgotten that they did that. But, um, yeah, beautiful. I, I didn't realize that when he fell into the black hole that he was pretty much, like, immediately inserted into, into like, a tesseract. I thought I remember that scene differently. I thought it, you know, he would, uh, I thought it would show more of him, like, seeing his own fucking head, like, falling in and shit. But, no, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, that, I don't really understand how it goes from Matthew McConaughey enters the black hole tesseract. Yeah, me either. Um doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I'd have to like watch a bunch of videos, but yeah, I mean, there were some things, I mean, it was a fantastic movie. I agree. I agree. By, by almost every, um, 
almost every part of it, but um, th there's a few, there's a few things here and there that are like a little dumb and don't really, don't really make sense. Or like, okay, that's for the sake of narrative. But overall, yeah, if you want to see like cool sciencey shit, watch Interstellar. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually something I'd like to say about the Tesseract. Okay. And uh, that is, if you could view time instead of just experiencing it, you would sort of see, I mean, I can't say it would be the layout of the Tesseract, but you would see time like the Tesseract. Like you would see the progression of isolated moments. Like mm -hmm. if I were to wave my hand, it's like I would see every frame that my hand was in, in a different point in time, if I could view time from the outside. Oh, so do you, do you guys actually study like the concept of Tesseracts in, um, physics at all because you you seem to know more about that than I do because I, I don't know shit about so that no no okay. I mean I don't want to say we study tesseracts but the thing that I just mentioned like that's something that we went into sort of great detail and general relativity okay but the idea of viewing time piece by piece is present in all level, or like all levels was the correct word, all levels of physics, like even in introductory physics, like you're taught at this instant in time, say this beer bottle is floating, like it, it drops from a height. And then at the say like 0.1 seconds later, it's X distance below where it initially was like you're taught to view time in pieces. Okay. And viewing time in pieces is exactly what you could do if we could see time displayed on an axis or something. Like okay. if we could see time as a dimension. All right. Well, so, I mean, I think that pretty much sums up everything that I got. Do you have anything else that you want to add before we, uh, before we go, before we say goodbye? Don't fall into a black hole. Yeah, don't fall into a black hole. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Goonies podcast. I've been your host, Trevor King Minor. This is my awesome co-host, Michael Ross, and we will see you next week for season one, episode six, and I'll tell you what the topic is on that day. All right, good night, guys. Happy birthday. <laughs>